Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 468 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, uh, we'll be finding out all about the events in Pattingham over the coming few weeks. Some great stuff on the way. Talking to Mike Coop all about that. As well as that, there is a Star Trek convention on the way to the Midlands. Finding out about that event taking place at the NEC in Brum. We'll be talking about the top toys for Christmas this year. There's some brilliant stuff that's going to be out there in the shops very soon that you'll need to buy quickly so it doesn't all sell out. But first of all, we're in Meat Free Week. It runs through to the 17th of June. To tell us more about why we should be thinking about the health of our planet, we have Jamie Guinness of The Wanted. Hello. Hello. How are you doing then? Really good. Thanks for the intro. It's good to have you along. And it is uh, important, I think, that we, we think about our carbon footprint, what we're doing and what we're eating, and how we can improve things based on that. Now, I have to say, I am at this moment in time a confirmed meat eater. You are now going to try and tell me why I shouldn't be. And there's a lot of good arguments to be had about this isn't there you've got you've got me all wrong mate you've got me all wrong <laughs> so uh so world meat free week it is not is not necessarily about you i'm trying to convert people to vegetarianism or veganism um i think there's a lot of room for some love for meat eaters in this world um it's just more about realizing that environmentally the production of meat really takes its toll on the planet and if you just well during world meat free week you just uh, we're asking people to switch out one meal where they'd normally have meat and make it meat free I think that, you know, a bacon butty isn't the end of the world, but it's it's still something that you can improve on a little. If you like recycling, if you, you know, care about things like that, then I think uh, it, it's worth having a look at your plate and seeing if you can... Uh, shake things up a little bit yeah consider the carbon footprint think about food miles when you're actually buying something as well i mean that is all part of the bigger picture exactly <laughs> when it comes down to eating something like beef we know that that can produce more carbon dioxide and uh, methane than we really want to be throwing out there exactly yeah i think you know you can buy your food in season which is always better um but yeah beef especially i mean a lot of the amazon rainforest which is getting cut down is is i think 80 percent of it is for beef raising and uh, we, you know, I think that these sort of challenges are huge. They're global. That's why it's World Meat Free Week. But you can do a little. And I think that even if you switch out one meal this week, you've made a little difference, which isn't, it isn't bad. With the, the, the way in which the global population is increasing, it's expected to be up to 9.1 billion by 2050. Right. Uh, that, that sort of rise in consumption of meat, if everyone was to continue to be a little bit carnivorous out there, 200 million tonnes of meat annually, it'd be the increase. And that is a lot of animals. Uh, that's absolutely mild. Mind-boggling. That really is an absolutely crazy number. But I think people already are out there. A lot of people do only have meat every now and again. Have it as like a little bit of a luxury or this, that, the other. And some people don't like to eat red meat and they'll just have chicken or fish. But I think, um, yeah, World Meat Free Week is just about getting those meat eaters out there. That might, you know, might be meat eaters for the rest of their life. Just to consider, you know what? I will have a veggie burger today. It makes no difference to me, you know. And it, it tends to be I will go vegetarian if I'm out somewhere and I'm not entirely sure of the quality of the meat. <laughs> Right. That's a good consideration to start off with. But it is probably hard work when you guys are on tour. Now, I was having a chat with your mate Tom Parker last year. Oh, brilliant. And he had just decided to become vegetarian for a while. Now, do you know whether he's stuck at that or whether it worked out? Because he was in the middle of a tour of Greece. And right. he'd even got as far as soy milk in his latte. Blue, neck. No, uh, I'm actually going to see him next week. So I'm going to, oh, you know what, I'll ask him and find out. But that now makes three out of five members of The Wanted that have gone vegetarian, even if it was only temporarily. But uh, again, it, it's... It is about having something different. And sometimes the vegetarian food is more interesting. than If you're going out for a burger, the 
yeah, I'm sorry, but a, a beef burger from a lot of places is just very bland. So it might be well worth trying something a bit different and more vegetarian off the menu. Absolutely. And loads of people well, often are saying, like, oh, no, I don't want to cut out meat because meat's got all the flavour. But actually, if you have chicken without any seasoning, it's not very tasty. If you have beef with no seasoning, it's, it's not actually a, a great flavour. You always have to salt these things or you have to add spices, which are all vegan. So... Yeah, I think that you can have like amazing Indian food or Thai food, or if you if you are a real traditionalist, you love a Sunday dinner. All you do is swap out meat for a meat uh, substitute, and you bank Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle, you made a difference. So, is uh, is vegetarianism uh, a, a really important thing when it comes to dancing? Well, as well, do you think that made a difference? Well, I definitely felt like I had a lot of gas in the tank when I was doing that. <laughs> I mean, Aliona wasn't vegetarian, but I mean that girl could keep going. But yeah, I uh, I, I never felt short. In fact, when we used to play football, that me and the lads they. Used to call me the Terminator because of my endurance. Couldn't kick a ball, but I could run for hours. Well, this is it. I mean, we may be having a bit of a giggle around this, but it can make a massive difference to your your overall health, can't it? Because you're more likely to be thinking about eating healthy. Now, chips are vegetarian, so, you know, it can go wrong. But you can, if you work at it, have some really good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the people that are vegetarian are way less likely to be uh, have type 2 diabetes as well, um, less likely to be overweight. So I think once you start making those sort of decisions, and there are plenty of people out there that are, real like real foodies and i've slowly started becoming one and there's you wouldn't believe the amount of like amazing blog recipes there are online um and yeah it's you can be a proper foodie and still not eat meat but there's 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 this faff in a lot of what we, we prepare on our tables and you see some of these cookery shows on telly and they do way much more than i can be bothered with when i'm cooking but vegetarianism doesn't have to be hard work, does it? I mean, you can prove that in the stuff that you cook in your own kitchen. Yeah, exactly. It can be it can be incredibly simple. Like a stew, it basically cooks itself. Leave it hot, and and you're good to go. I think if you if you do delve into that world of foodism, then you, you know you've got a whole lot of stuff to play with. But I've been veggie since I was 13 years old, right? I moved out at 16. For three of those years, I was really really dirt poor student, and it, it was I was not a foodie. It was the least of my priorities. Uh, what I ate, but I always managed to uh, to avoid the old the old skin and bone. You enjoy that, which is the good bit, and you can find something good. So uh, let, let's have a recipe from you. Come on, what are you cooking for dinner tonight? Oh, uh, I really like uh, Thai food at the minute. I like it really spicy, so I might like make a like a Thai basil sort of thing. Bit of rice, maybe tofu, really hot peppers, uh, something that will sort of uh, blow my socks off a bit. And you'll enjoy your meal that way, but the thing for you is it's it's not necessarily about the, the, the carbon footprint in your case. You enjoy the food, and anyone can enjoy yeah, what they're eating, and just with a bit of thought, you can uh, avoid damaging the planet quite so much. Absolutely, and I think plenty of meat eaters out there, whether they're 20 or 70, there's absolutely no time right now just to go make a change. It's only it's uh, one week, and you can go and pledge online, switch out one meal, and... Uh, you know, like really uh, shake things up a bit. And uh, I assume there's a few good recipes as well on the website for uh, the, the whole of uh, Meat Free Week? Yeah, if you want it, it's uh, it's worldmeatfreeweek.com. And if you're going to tweet us, use the hashtag, hashtag worldmeatfreeweek, and then we can see everything that you're doing. Also, I'm, I'm learning a lot from this because I've slowly become more of a foodie in the past couple of years, but I don't actually know that many vegetarians or vegans. So I've been learning loads about cooking and their stories, some of their horror stories. So, uh, yeah, if you do tweet, Tweet us, uh, use the hashtag so we can scroll through your um, 
your vegetarian mishaps and adventures. Oh, yeah, and it's it's just like any other story, isn't it? There's, there's going to be good, there's going to be bad, there's going to be some great meals. There'll be some blooming atrocious ones out there as well, I can guarantee it. Definitely. But as, as long as it's not all nut cutlets, the world is a happy place. Exactly. So give us the web address and the hashtag again. So the website is worldmeatfreeweek.com and the hashtag is worldmeatfreeweek. Simple as that. So do, do that, stick it online, have a look for it, have a look at what other people are eating, get tempted to give it a go. And I suppose this means that I've got to forgo uh, my chicken and chips tonight and think about something else have I if you do I will be keeping tabs I'll actually watch and see what you cook I'm actually fascinated okay I don't know what I'm doing for dinner yet tonight I will have a look I will try and go meat free and I shall tweet you a picture young man the vegetarian aisle is only one over from the meat so just have a little wonder when you're in the supermarket I'll give it a go we'll see what we come up with Jamie Guinness of The Wanted and advocate of vegetarianism for all the right reasons if makes your hair curly speak to you soon sir cheers dude thanks Jason Three Counties Show. At the Three Counties Showgrounds celebrate 60 years of the site itself. To tell us more about the brilliant events taking place between the 15th and 17th of June, I'm joined now by Head of Shows, Diane Walton. Hello. Head of Shows, Diana Walton. Hello. Good afternoon. So, uh, a brilliant show plan. Biggest and best one yet, but it is every single year. And uh, action-packed, including uh, a sponsor for the main stage with JCB Paint joining you for a three-year deal. Yes, we're absolutely thrilled to have such a great name on board and we're working very hard to make sure that they are involved in every aspect and have a wonderful time and as you say, it's the start of a three-year deal. What can we expect at the show? Because it's going to be another good one, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's absolutely packed full of everything for people who just love the countryside and the outdoors. We've got everything from a packed main arena programme right the way through to those who perhaps would like to come and sample some of the wonderful local food and drink that's on offer. It is, and uh, the whole of the Midlands is going to be represented, and uh, the Three Counties show is uh, a truly awesome experience if you want to go and see livestock, and you'll see the best in breed for so many different types of animal. And it's an important one for us to understand where all of our food comes from, and to see these animals and the way in which they're looked after, because these are truly cared for and loved, aren't they? Absolutely. And yes, we really try hard to make sure that every visitor can get up close to both the animals, but also their owners, because we know that the public want to know where all their food comes from. They want to know how the animals are looked after. And we've got some great features this year, including Ask the Farmer, where you can go in and ask those burning questions. And we've also got some farming heroes who are going to be appearing in the livestock rings. And again, this is an informal uh, talk, and you'll be able to ask questions about perhaps 
why one breed of cattle is a different colour from another, or perhaps why um, some classes are only for young stock. All those questions can be answered by our farming heroes. And on top of that, you've got the agricultural side of things too, and plenty of talks and celebrities to meet as well. Yes, indeed. We've um, got our Wellington Boot Theatre this year. Um, It was really successful last year. Adam Henson, who's our show's ambassador, speaks in there every day. Um, But we've got some other interesting speakers, including Charles Campion, the food critic. We've got Philip Serrell, the auctioneer, um, well-known from television and based here in Malvern. And we've got some uh, Worcester Warriors rugby players here who will be able to meet with the audience after they've been speaking in the theatre. And some special guests dropping in, literally, as well. Yes, it's a w- one time of the day where the whole showground comes to a standstill and everyone's eyes go up to the sky as the Red Devils parachute team fly in um, with pinpoint accuracy to a, a spot on the middle of the main arena. Everybody loves that part of the day. It is amazing and they're really great guys to chat with. They talk to the crowd afterwards, they get to meet everyone and tell them what it's like falling from several thousand feet. It is. It's such a spectacle with their streams of smoke behind them and the trails. It just looks everywhere. And it, as I say, I could take great pleasure from standing and watching the crowd <laughs> and their wonderful appreciation of it. And I mean, 60 years for the showground itself this year. And it's, I mean, it's looking fresh. And, and uh, I, mean, I was down there for uh, one of the flea markets a couple of weeks ago, as well as having been to uh, the Malvern show from RHS as well. And it just looks amazing. Uh, it's, a, it's a great site. And, and it's the way it develops and, and, and works with all the different events you have, which is quite exciting as well. And you being head of shows, it must be great seeing an ever-changing environment, but each one delivering some brilliant things for the, for the visiting public to see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the shows are all quite different, but hugely exciting. Um, it's a very busy time for us, as you can imagine. We had RHS Malvern Spring Festival just not even five weeks ago. And here we are putting on a, a major national event Uh, the Royal Three Counties show. I'm very lucky to have my position. It's a very exciting job um, and and very challenging. And every year we're looking to make it more, as you say, better and better than the year before. And uh, it's uh, great on the number of days that you're busy. I mean, it's over 200 days of shows a year, isn't it? So it's not very often there isn't something going on. But it's, it's very interesting to see when there's less in or is only part of it being used and it's a it's an amazing site and just so versatile and is it getting a new lick of jcb paint at the moment as well <laughs> yes it is they are our official paint sponsor um so everything is getting uh, smartened up um but we are blessed with the most incredible showground under the Malvern uh, hills which are really truly stunning um it is quite disorientating to come here on a non-show day because it's um at the end of the day we are an agricultural site but uh, even now as i look out of my office window i can see marquees going up everywhere the, the grass is being cut uh, everybody's got a buzz of excitement about them ahead of the show next week well you couldn't ask for a, a better backdrop and you've got the glorious uh, views and simple parking as well which is the other good thing if you want to come by car Yes, thank you. We have free car parking here, but we also, perhaps if you don't want to bring your car, we offer a free shuttle bus from the Great Northern Station uh, down to the showground. So that makes it even easier for our visitors. So if you want to get along, uh, you can get your tickets in advance. You can do that online. Absolutely. It's royal3counties.co.uk and there's uh, advanced ticket special prices available uh, at the moment. So check out that, get those online and get yourself along to what promises to be an amazing show Friday the 15th through to Sunday the 17th of June at the Three Counties Showground in Malvern. And I say, a, a joy to behold and I'm looking forward to popping along uh, on the uh, the Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I'm, I should see you down there hopefully. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you.
ever to tell us all about what's going on. I'm joined on the line there by Mike Coop. Hello. Hello, sir. How so, are you? Oh, I'm good. So uh, how are you? Because you've got quite a lot ahead of you just at the moment. It, it's really buzzing at the moment, yes. Lots of things happening. So uh, um, first things first, you've got the launch of Jack and the Beanstalk, which is your panto. It runs in November, but before then, you've got to get your cast together. That's right. What they want to do is it's going to be a Pattingham village panto. So they want to try and encourage... Uh, um, people from Pattingham and the area to take part you know in any way they can be in the in the wardrobe they can be on stage they can be the back half of the days of the cow if they want to be <laughs> so there's going to be a launch evening which is on the 26th of June at starting at 7:30 in the evening in Pattingham Village Hall so if you if anybody's interested in taking part in any way they can come along to that and uh, and uh, tell, tell them what they would like to do, you know. And if they want more information, they can contact Helen Wallington on that one. I know one nine zero two seven hundred seven eight three. That's oh one nine zero two seven hundred seven eight three. She's the um, she's the producer of the show. Yes, yes. But she, she hasn't already bagged the front end of the cow, though. We don't know. No. <laughs> We'll see what goes on with that one. It should be good fun. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be worth getting along. I say 21st to the 24th of November is the panto itself. But if you want to get involved, launch evening, 26th of June, half past seven at the Pattingham Village Hall. More information from uh, Helen, as we say. But uh, plenty of other things going on. And uh, in July, there's two sets of events, the first of which is a classic car and bike show. Yes, it's a, a brand new event, actually. It's going to be on the same day and the same time as the church fate, which is in the village um, playing field. Mm-hmm. But this is a classic car show, which is uh, dedicated to that event and will be in the Pickett Arms car park in Pattingham. So we're talking Saturday, July the 7th, and it'll be running from 2 o'clock um, in the afternoon to 5 o'clock. So three hours of looking at um, lovely cars. Yeah, and we're d- getting a, an amazing response to this so far. I've got... So far, about 25 different cars and motorbikes lined up, so should be quite an exciting event. It sounds good to me. And uh, do you know uh, some of the highlights so far? Well, we've got we've got a, a very nice Bentley coming. We've got a Rolls Royce. We've got a, a very rare Alvis, a 1290, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got an MGB, which has uh, got a V8 in engine. It several MGs couple of minis, several motorbikes, and also push bikes as well, actually. And it's probably one not to have too much to drink in the early afternoon, otherwise you'll walk <laughs> out the pub about half four and think you've gone back in time. That's it. So what we're going to do, we're going to run a couple of quizzes as well. One one will be for the um, adults, which is will be 20 questions about classic cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's going to be um, a shorter one for the children, uh, for them to enjoy so that they can have a guess at... Uh, 
the little pictures that we're going to put on the quiz to see which car belongs to which logo and that sort of thing, you know. Oh, good stuff. So, so that's um, going to be nice for everyone to join in with as well. So that sounds brilliant. Yeah. And it's going to just turn up for that one on the day of the Village Fate, the 7th of July. That's right. If anybody wants to, uh, has a classic car or bike they want to display, if they get in touch with me on 01902 700 426, we, we, I'm sure we can find a, a space for them. So that's uh, 01902 700 426, the phone number for Mike. Now, after all of this, Saturday the 14th of July, another busy one, just a week later, because down by the riverside is a concert of words and music with a water theme. Uh, Ian Clark is conducting, and this is One Ball and District Choral Society doing their stuff at Wolverhampton Grammar School. That's great, yes. Yes, it's our summer, summer concert, uh, as you say, at the Wolverhampton Grammar School starting at 7.30. And it's um, there's some, some fascinating music. There's... Uh, a piece of music was written by Schubert uh, called The Trout, and we found um, some uh, variations on that. So we're going to be singing The, the Trout ten times, but each time it's in uh, the, the theme of a different um, composer. So we've got a Mozart theme, a Beethoven, a Weber. It's going to be an Austrian folk song, a, a Viennese, uh, Italian, French. So there's ten, ten variations of uh, The Trout by Schubert. So quite a menu for the trout that night, a various different ways of preparing it. That's right, yes. It should be good. Yeah. Tickets for that one are £12, under 16 to free. You can get them online from the website for the uh, Wombourne District Choral Society, which is wombournechoralsociety.org.uk, or get the box office a call on 01902 744 or if there are any left, you can pick them up on the door, but uh, probably best not to chance it, and make sure you get booked nice and early for that one. Yep. Concerts of the theme of water, and trout served in various different ways. That's it. Okay, so that takes us through uh, the summer months uh, with Pattingham and associated uh, things that you're working on, and we look forward to finding out more as we head towards the latter part of this year. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to try and get down to the face. It sounds rather good, so hopefully I'll see you then. All right, all the best. Cheers, drop it out. Bye-bye. Praying won't do it, hating won't do it, drinking won't do it, fighting won't knock you out of my head. Somehow So when you're gonna let me When you're gonna let me out Out And if you know How do you get up from an all-time low I'm in pieces Seems like pieces The only thing I'll never know
From the 19th through the 21st of October, Destination Star Trek is in Birmingham. DestinationStarTrek.com is the website to find out more, but someone who can tell us all about it. From their marketing team, we have Jill Updegrove. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, um, a massive event. I know you're busy organising these things up and down the country, and you've recently been in Brum uh, already, but you're back in October, and this is a massive event for all fans of Star Trek. Definitely. I mean, this is going to be um, our sixth event, I believe, in Europe. Mm-hmm. It's something that we are looking to do much more of um, and on a more regular basis going forward. So it's uh, it's one of our key events on our calendar, definitely. Well, I mean, that is a given based on the lineup of stars you've got coming down to, to the show itself. And these are the ones that are already confirmed. I know you're adding more names as you go along. There's pictures of these stars and I'm thinking, I remember all those episodes. And you, you look back fondly. On, on the names, and it's going to be yeah, a, an excellent opportunity to meet someone like, say, Michael Dawn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've got a great selection from all the shows, I think, at Birmingham, um, and including, you know, the latest show as well. So uh, there really is something for everyone if you're into Star Trek. So, I mean, when it comes to negotiating with these guests, does it take much convincing to get them to come along to a show like this? Because they, they must love the interaction with the fans. Yeah, yeah, we, we recently did a show in Germany, and uh, it was the first time that a lot of the Discovery guests had actually met the family, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very real term. So, um, and it was lovely to see uh, as the weekend progressed how how integrated they became and how welcoming they were made to feel. Um, you know, everybody wanted to meet them and get to know them. Um, and, you know, that was just lovely to witness because as, as far as our show is concerned, it's the first time we've had a new... Star Trek um, happen while our show has existed. So it's the first time we've actually seen that happen and it, it was just really nice to see that it is very real that you know you do get welcomed into the Star Trek family. And when you've got somebody like royalty uh, with uh, Michelle Nichols, uh, William Shatner there, uh, so even someone like Jerry Ryan who have been involved in a number of these events over the years, uh, I mean they don't tire of meeting these people. Oh definitely not. I think um, they see it personally as a chance to catch up with friends. Um, and also that extends to the fans as well because they see a lot of familiar faces uh, of people that come to see them uh, at pretty much every event they do, uh, as well as meeting the new fans, you know, like the children, the families that come to their first event. Um, so, yeah, it's always a, a different environment for them. It's always uh, something that we get good feedback from. You know, they they, they seem to enjoy coming back it's not usually a big ask <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you've got a, a great uh quark costume makeup event as well with armin shimmerman there is he probably going to be a little yes. bit concerned about the amount of latex he's going to be wearing by the end of the event well it's it's been many years and he's been asked several times to don the makeup again because it's become a, a recent attraction of uh events to do makeup and costume suits and uh, Armin held out for so long, but he's finally agreed to do it. And uh, we can't wait. We think it's going to be an amazing shoot. And uh, it is going to be the last time he'll wear the makeup. So uh, it's, it's now or never, really, if you want to get a picture of Quark. That's the way to do it. And I mean, there's going to be costume and prop displays as well. Another opportunity to get your photo with, with maybe even someone like Data's head. Yes. Yes, we have had data set before, so that could be making a comeback. But yes, it's it's great that we we've been gathering quite an archive over the over the last five years since we started doing this, and um, we're getting to a point now where you know the museum is becoming 
very much a focal point of the show. Uh, and adding that now that we're getting straight from set um, discovery props and costumes as well that are being shipped over to us. So to have that support from CBS is amazing because, um, you know, you, you're getting right there. You're seeing the actual costumes that we used barely six months ago for filming, etc. So it's adding a whole new dimension on that front as well. And I think, again, this the, the new stuff has really sparked uh, a further interest. You've got a young generation of fans who've got something which is uh, of now, even though it's obviously of the future, but, you know, still something which uh, is <laughs> is fresh for them and that the, the whole family can enjoy together. And it's all got the history, whatever timeline you happen to be on for the different versions of, of Star Trek itself. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really does span the generations now because you will get, you know, the older relatives of probably more familiar with um, the classic series or TNG and then obviously it goes through the generations of of family so we do see that you, you see big groups of family there um, and now now the younger ones have actually got a show that they can uh, hook on to and uh, you know start to follow like their parents or even their grandparents <laughs> that's that's the scary part I mean we're talking a large number of generations <laughs> here so it really is <laughs> right we've got a load of events coming up. The timetable is available to see online, destinationstartrek.com, and it is, as you can see on there, Europe's official Star Trek convention. But what is there that's a, a couple of highlights for you in the uh, the run from the 19th through the 21st, running from the Friday through until Sunday? For me, I, I do like the talks. Um, and we've we added a new element in Germany that will be transferred to Birmingham, uh, where we do a, a big quiz show or mm -hmm. game show, Yeah. Uh, where we invite... Um, three or four of the uh, guests to form two teams. So in Germany, we had the Discovery team, which was made up of uh, three of the Discovery guests. And then we had Voyager and Deep Space Nine made up the other team. And it, it's just a fun event. It's, um, it's basically pitting their wits. They have a bit of Star Trek to answer, which is always amusing when they get it wrong. <laughs> and, yeah. You have general knowledge, you have dictionary round, um, you have who said what line and whoever grabs a card has to do an imitation of the person that said it. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. So um, I always enjoy that. And, you know, I also enjoy when we bring stars onto the second stage um, unannounced. Uh, we had William Shatner appear unannounced on our second stage in Germany and it, it just creates such a buzz and... You know, it, it means everybody gets a chance to see him. He's not hidden away. Um, and, uh, you know, things like that. Well, these are surprising things I like to do and fit into the schedule that the public don't know about. It sounds like it's going to be a brilliant fun. So the, the, the schedule, without the surprises, is available online. DestinationStarTrek.com. It's at the NEC from the 19th through to the 21st of October. And you can get all your ticket info on there. And the various packages and the uh, the photo shoot purchase as well. So you can have you can, uh, you know that you're going to get your slots to uh, get your photo taken with one of the stars. And uh, it sounds like it's going to be brilliant for, for Star Trek fans from across the universe, all descending upon Birmingham. But Jill, thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to hopefully getting along and, and, and finding out more about the event when it's on in Birmingham. Brilliant. Okay, I'm happy to see you. <laughs> You're in control, pressing pause on my heartbeat Someone stole all the air so I can't speak now I know the chase is on I feel as though my time has come How many times you have lied through your headspace Now it's beating away from the 
shows that one in ten of us have already started our Christmas shopping and actually now is the right time of year to buy some of the biggest toys for Christmas because they probably would have sold out come November. To find out what we should be looking for we have toy expert and publisher of Toy World John Bulsh. Hello. Hello Jason. So I mean, what's, what's going on with Christmas this year because the way the trends have changed you think hang on it's just going to be electronics but pretty much every year there's something physical that, that that is out there on the shelves that everybody wants as the must-have toy so what are your top trends for 2018 well there's a good selection of trends actually yes electronics and technology are very much part of this uh, but also you've got some classic favorites like lego uh, you've got collectibles which have been hugely popular in the toy market in the last few years um, and you have unicorns um a huge trend that's really been sweeping social media in the last year or two. Um, so Argos, which has been selling toys for 45 years, has put its uh, head together, looked at all the different thousands of toys that have been released and have come up with a sort of a, a selection of 13 that they think are going to be the most in demand this Christmas. Well, a name that we see up there is Chad Valley and, and VTech. They're there too. And these are manufacturers who really know the stuff because they have been producing toys that have been so popular for decades. Absolutely. Uh, the Chad Valley product, uh, which is a, is a beautiful doll, actually, just goes to show that, you know, some classic toys, classic play patterns, nurturing dolls um, are still hugely popular. Um, VTech have tapped into the unicorn theme. Uh, they have um, a product which essentially you can sort of make your unicorn up so uh, it comes with a wand uh, it's a fantasy unicorn and you can change the colors of it and you can digitally apply makeup um, you know unicorns are such colorful happy icons that i think girls are going to absolutely love that john can i just challenge you there if all unicorns are fantasy we may have one on the on the national coat of arms but they're not real <laughs> no, I will, I will accept that. That's okay. completely correct. <laughs> but if you're looking for unicorn poop, uh, Poops a Unicorn Surprise has uh, an offer for you there. So uh, this is an interesting one with slime, glitter, unicorns and poo. Kids are going to love that. Oh, it's, it's combining all of this year's <laughs> biggest trends in one toy. Exactly. Slime, glitter, unicorns, poo. Put them together, what do you get? Poopsie unicorn surprise. Um, it, it, it's a fantastic toy. <laughs> and that's, that's, I just imagine somebody going to Argos saying, "Have you got a poopsie unicorn surprise?" And, and for the thing is, they will know what you're on about, which is that quite exciting. Um, it gets a bit electronic as well with an electronic ride-on unicorn. That should be good. But uh, in the, probably your you know, the, the we say a little, a little more aggressive, you've got the Nerf Laser Ops two pack, so kids can have a run round with a wireless version of laser tag. It's a fantastic product. I mean, the laser tag 
product has been very popular in the last few years. So now you have a wireless version which you can actually sync to your phone so you can track your score, track your opponent's score. Um, it's a really great product. Uh, the other electronic uh, item that's on the list that I think really stands out is, is a little robotic product called Boxer. Interactive robot that's got its own personality that evolves. Um, he's really good. Um, he responds to touch, motion and gestures. And I think those kind of parents who like to buy a, a toy that will help develop their child's imagination and interaction, they're going to love Boxer. Well, I'm, I'm living the sound of the untamed Dino cage as well from Fingerlings. Oh, the Fingerlings were a huge success last year. It, it really was a very, very popular product. Uh, last year's were predominantly monkeys, so uh, <laughs> very popular with girls. What they've done this year is to bring through Fingerlings Untamed, which are unashamedly aimed at boys. Uh, so you have the T-Rex and then the dino cage where you can keep all your T-Rexes. They're absolutely brilliant. The amount of technology that they have packed in for the price point is truly incredible. Uh, and I have to say, again, it's great to see kids putting one of these on and and using their imagination and and being sort of really raucous and fun it's it's a great product if you've seen your kid uh with a fingerling or you will see them this christmas with the fingerlings untamed you'll know how much fun they can have with them oh, well unicorns in the range as well there is something for everybody there and some brilliant stuff coming up from lego because they've got their uh, arctic mobile exploration base now this sounds like fun for me i could play with this one I think everybody remembers Lego from their own childhood. Lego is a perennial classic. Um, and actually, this year's, uh, the toy that Argos have picked to put on the list this year, the Arctic Mobile Exploration Base, the Arctic is always a popular theme, and I think Blue Planet was such a hugely popular documentary recently. Um, and there's so much play value. You know, you've got the construction element, but you've also got the imagination element in there as well, and the creativity. And I think Lego speaks to all of those things. A lot of parents love to buy products uh, that will help to encourage their child to be creative and and lego is is perfect for that so i am sure as well i've got to tell you a lot of mums and dads are going to want to play with their kids with, with the lego um because i think as you say we all remember it from our childhoods very fondly yeah i'll wait till they've gone to bed and then play with it there but there we go and the other good fun thing is the uh, the treasure x three pack chest now this is a, a, a collectible um but it, you open a map to determine what you are to set to discover and you can then chip away at this block and there's there's things in there. There's real yeah, real stuff, and it all it, it's a, it's another interactive one that the, the kids are going to love, isn't it? It's a clever little idea. Collectibles have been hugely popular in the toy trade in the last few years. And Treasure X is, is a nice twist on collectibles because, as you say, first of all, you don't know what you're getting. You have a block and you have to chip away. And within that block, you will find a component. And eventually, when you find enough components, uh, you will be able to create the figure. But one in every 50 of these blocks actually has a piece of real gold or a real diamond hidden inside. So essentially, there is that real adventure that sense of discovery that you might be the lucky the lucky child to get a piece of real gold or the real diamond. So I think that's going to be hugely popular. That sounds absolutely brilliant. So lots to, to, to look at. And say it's now you want to start thinking about it. Look out for uh, all the uh, the deals that uh, are out there. But uh, they're going to be hot property by December. And uh, as it is, you, you know, the 28% said that they're looking for toys they can interact with. They're certainly on the top of the list. 27% thought it would be a toy that allows them to use their imagination. Again, interaction and, and everything there. But they also will... You know, will want to, toys that's seen on social media and TV and these all sound very social media friendly 
Absolutely. What you will find with a lot of these um, is that a kid will take some footage of themselves on a mobile phone or a parent will take a footage with their child and then they'll put it on social media a lot of good toys these days do get shared across social media and yes you know now is a good time to to start thinking about christmas because the really popular toys there is a there is a tendency for them sometimes to sell out so um you know it is very much worth parents starting to think about um, buying for Christmas now to make sure that they've got what their child wants. And whether whether they've saved up nectar points, something like that, they can use all that sort of thing to go and shop with it as well. So uh, do it that way. Yep, all of these toys will be available from Argos um, starting in July. Uh, So not long to wait. uh, And then we really start to see um, what kids are going to be um, waking up to underneath the Christmas tree on uh, on Christmas morning. So check out the Argos app, get yourself down to an Argos store. Uh, they're often in Sainsbury's as well. And uh, you can go along and uh, yeah, pick up those special presents and something that's going to be a bit different uh, this Christmas compared to last year, but something that kids are going to absolutely adore. And uh, Toy Expert, it must be you get to test these things out, John. So uh, which one is your favourite off that list? Or, you know, picking a favourite from these 13 is incredibly difficult, I'm going to be honest. I think if I was forced to choose, I'd go with the Fingling's Untamed T-Rex. Fantastic toy, great We know price. what to get you for Christmas, absolutely brilliant. John Walsh, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 469 next week. I'll see you then. ta for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.